we not only make existing crypto out there more programmable and developer friendly but we have developed super duper efficient cryptographic protocols which are tailored to ml like secure machine learning inference tasks and work for large machine learning benchmarks so before our work the prior work had uh, three shortcomings i would say they were slow they only did small machine learning benchmarks and the accuracy of the secure implementations was lower than the original models and we solved all three challenges so our new protocols are at least 10 times faster than what existed out there welcome to the microsoft research india podcast where we explore cutting edge research that's impacting technology and society i'm your host shridhar vedantam ensuring security and privacy of data both personal and institutional is of paramount importance in today's world where data itself is a highly precious commodity cryptography is a complex and specialized subject that not many people are familiar with and developing and implementing cryptographic and security protocols such as secure multiparty computation can be difficult and also add a lot of overhead to computational processes but researchers at microsoft research have now been able to develop cryptographic protocols that are developer friendly efficient and that work at scale with acceptable impact or performance join us as we talk to dr divya gupta and dr rahul sharma about their work in making cryptography easy to use and deploy all right so divya and rahul welcome to the podcast it's great to have you guys on the show and uh, thank you so much i know this is really late in the night so thank you so much for taking the time to do this thanks rider for having us late is what works for everyone right now so yeah that's what it is thanks rider all right so this podcast i think is going to be interesting uh, for a couple of reasons one is that the topic is something i know next to nothing about but it seems to me from everything i've heard that it's uh, quite critical to computing today and uh, the second reason is the two of you come from very different backgrounds in terms of your academics in terms of your research interests and specialities but you're working together on this particular project or on this particular field of research so let me jump into this uh we're going to be talking today about something called secure multiparty computation or mpc what exactly is that and why is it important right so secure multiparty computation and as you said popularly known as mpc is a cryptographic primitive which at first seems completely magical so let me just explain with an example so let's say you shridhar and rahul are two millionaires and you want to know who has more money or who's richer and you want to do this without revealing your net worth to each other because this is private information so at first this seems almost impossible as in how can you compute a function without revealing the inputs of the function but mpc makes this possible what mpc gives you is an interactive protocol in which you and rahul will talk to each other back and forth exchanging some random looking messages and at the end of this interaction you will learn the output which is that who is richer and you will only learn the output alone so this object mpc comes with uh, strong mathematical guarantees which say that at the end of this interaction only the output is revealed and anything which can be deduced from output but nothing else about the input is revealed 
So in this example, uh, Sridhar, you and Rahul both will learn who is richer. And let's say you turn out to be richer. Then of course, from this output, you would know that uh, your net worth is more than Rahul's. And that's it. Nothing else you will learn about Rahul's net worth. So this is what MPC is. This example is called the millionaire's problem, uh, where the function is very simple. You're just trying to compare two values, which is the net worth. But MPC is much more general. So just going into a bit of history, I would say that uh, MPC can compute any function of your choice on secret inputs. And this result, in fact, was shown as early as 1980s. And this power of MPC, of being able to compute any function securely, got many people interested in this problem. So a lot of work happened and people kept coming up with better and better protocols, which were more efficient. So when I say efficient, some of the parameters of interest are um, the data being sent in the messages back and forth, the number of messages you want to exchange, and also uh, the end-to-end -end latency of this protocol. Like how much time does it take to compute the function itself? And people kept coming with uh, better and better protocols. And finally, the first implementations came out in 2008. And since then, uh, like people have evaluated a few real-world examples using MPC. And one example I, which I found particularly interesting is uh, the following, which uh, was a social study, which was done in a privacy-preserving manner using MPC in Estonia in 2015. So the situation was as follows. Uh, along with the boom in information and communication technology, it was observed that more and more students were dropping out of college without finishing their degree. And the hypothesis going around was that uh, the students, when they are uh, studying in the university, get employed in IT jobs, and they start to value their salaries more than their university degree, and hence drop out. But a counter hypothesis was that it is because IT courses are gaining popularity, more and more students are enrolling into it and find it hard and drop out. So the question was, is working during studies in IT jobs correlated with high dropout rate? And to answer this question, a study was proposed to understand the correlation between early employment of students in IT jobs while being enrolled in university and high dropout rate. Now this study can be done by taking in data from employment records in the tax department and also the enrollment records in the education department and just cross-referencing this data. So even though all of this data is there with the government, it could not be shared in the clear between the two departments because of legal regulations. And the way they solve this problem is, is by doing this secure multi-party computation between Ministry of Education and tax board. So this I feel is an excellent example which shows that MPC can help solve real problems where data sharing is important but cannot be done in the clear. Okay. Uh, Rahul, was there something you wanted to add to that? Uh, yes, Sridhar. So if we realize what is happening today, the data is being digitized. Financial documents, medical records, Everything is being digitized. So we are getting, you can say, flood of data uh, uh, which is being uh, available. And the other thing which has happened in computer science is that we have now 
very very powerful machine learning algorithms and very powerful hardware which can crunch these machine learning algorithms on this huge amount of data and so machine learning people have created for example machine learning models which can beat human accuracy on tasks in computer vision computer vision is basically you have an image and you want to uh, find some pattern in that image for example does the image belong to a cat or a dog and now we have classifiers which will beat humans on such tasks and uh, the way these machine learning classifiers work is they use something called supervised machine learning which has two phases one is a training phase and one is an inference phase in the training phase machine learning researchers they curate the data they collect the data and they throw a lot of hardware on it to generate a powerful machine learning model and then there is an inference phase in which new data points come in and the model labels uh, or makes predictions on these new input data points now after you have gone through this expensive training phase the companies or the organizations who do this want to monetize the model which they have obtained now if you have to monetize this model then you have two options one is that you can just release the model uh, to the clients who can just download the model and run the model on their private data now if they do this then uh, first of all the company is not able to monetize the model because the model has just been given away and second all the privacy of the training data which was used to generate this model is lost because now someone can look at try to look at the model and try to reverse engineer what the training data was so this is not a good option another option is that the organization can hold the model as a web service and then the clients can send their data to the company for predictions now this is also not a good option because first of all clients will have to reveal their sensitive data to the organization holding the model and moreover the organization itself would not like to have this client data because it is just uh, red hot right if they hold client data and there is a data breach then there are legal liabilities so here we have a situation that there is an organization it has a model which is its own proprietary uh, model and we have clients who have all their sensitive data and these two parties don't want to reveal their inputs to each other but still the organization wants to provide a service in which the client can give the data uh, receive predictions and uh, in exchange for the prediction the client can give some money to the organization and mpc will help achieve this task so uh, what i think is that mpc will enable machine learning to reach its full potential because machine learning is always hampered by the issues of data privacy and with the mpc combined with machine learning uh, the data privacy issues can be mitigated interesting that's really interesting now obviously this sounds like a great thing to be able to do in the you know in this day and age of the internet and machine learning uh, but it sounds to me that uh, you know given that you have so many people uh, from the research community working on it there've got to be certain challenges that you need to first overcome to make this practical and usable right why don't you walk me through the issues that currently exist with uh, implementing mpc at scale what you said shridhar is uh, exactly correct so there are three issues which come up 
they are summarized as efficiency, scalability and programmability. So what is efficiency? The thing is that if you have a secure solution, it is going to be slower than an insecure solution because the insecure solution is not doing anything about security. When implementing a secure solution, you are doing something more to ensure the privacy of data. And so there is going to be a performance overhead. And uh, that's the first issue that we want the MPC protocols to have a bearable overhead. And which is what we have said that people have been working on it for decades to bring that overhead down. The second is that machine learning models are becoming bigger and bigger and more and more complicated. So what we want to do is take these MPC protocols and scale them to the level of machine learning which exists today. And the third challenge, which I believe is the most pressing challenge, is that of programmability. So when we think of these MPC protocols, who is going to implement them at the end of the day? If it is a normal developer, then we have a problem because normal developers don't understand security that much. There was a case in which uh, there was a Stack Overflow post in which a person said that, oh, I need to ship a product. I'm going to miss the deadline. I'm getting all these security warnings. What should I do? And a ha good Samaritan came in and said, oh, you're calling this function with value one, just call it with the value zero and the error should go away. And then the developer replied, great, now I'm able to ship my product, all the warnings have gone away, you saved my life and so on. Now in switching that one to zero, what happened was the developer switched off all security checks, all certificate checking, all encryption, everything got switched off. So MPC protocols can be good in math, but when given to normal developers, uh, it's not clear whether normal developers will be able to implement these MPC protocols. <laughs> Actually, uh, I would like to chime in here. So what Rahul said is a great story and rather an extreme one. But uh, I as a cryptographer can vouch for the fact that cryptography as a whole field is mathematically challenging and quite subtle. And many a times, like even we experts come up with C protocols, which at the face of it look secure and seems like there's no issues at all. But as soon as we start to dive deeper and try to prove security proofs of the protocol and so on, we see that there are big security vulnerabilities which cannot be fixed. So I cannot stress enough that when it comes to crypto, it is very, very important to have rigorous proofs of correctness and security. And even small, tiny tweaks here and there, which look completely harmless, can completely break the whole system. So it is completely unreasonable to expect people or developers who have had no formal training in crypto or security to be able to implement these crypto protocols correctly and securely and so on. And this, in fact, we feel is one of the biggest challenge, which is the technical challenge to deploy MPC to do real world applications. Interesting. So I've got a follow up question to something that uh, you both just spoke about. Uh, obviously, the cryptographer brings in the whole thing about the security and how to make uh, secure protocols and so on and so forth. What does the programming languages guy or the ML person bring to the table in this scenario? Yeah, so I think that's a question for me since I work in the intersection of compilers and machine learning. Uh, so if I put my developer hat on and 
someone tells me that implement these MPC protocols written in these papers, I will be scared to death. I am pretty sure I will break some security thing here or there. So I think the only way to get secure systems is to not let programmers implement those secure systems. So what we want to do is we want to build compilers, which are automatic tools which translate programs from one language to another so that programmers write their normal code without any security like they are used to writing. And then the compiler does all the cryptography and generates MPC protocols. So this is where a compiler person comes in to make the system programmable by normal programmers. Okay, so let's uh, be a little more specific about the work that uh, both of you have actually been doing over the past uh, few years, I guess. Uh, could, could you talk a bit about that? So continuing on the compiler part of the story. So first we built uh, compilers in which developers can write C-like code and we could automatically generate secure protocols out. And this gives a lot of flexibility because C is a very expressive language and you can do uh, all sorts of different computations. But then we realized that the machine learning people don't want to write in C. They want to write in their favorite machine learning frameworks like TensorFlow or PyTorch and Onyx. So what we did is build compilers which take machine learning models written in TensorFlow, PyTorch, Onyx and compile them directly to MPC protocols. And the compilers which we built have some good properties. First of all, they are accuracy preserving, which means that if you run insecure computation and you get some accuracy, and if you run secure computation, then you get the same accuracy. Now, this was extremely important because these machine learning people care for every ounce of accuracy. They can live with some overhead, computational overhead because of security. But if they lose accuracy, that means the user experience gets degraded, they lose revenue, that is just a no-go. So our compiler ensures that no accuracy is lost in doing the secure execution. Moreover, the compiler also has some formal guarantees, which means that even if the developer unintentionally or inadvertently does something wrong, which can create a security leak, then the compiler will just reject the program which means that now developers can be confident that when they use our framework, that if they have written something and it is compiling, then it is secure. So as I think uh, Sridhar already pointed out that this is a project which is a great collaboration between cryptographers and programming languages folks. So uh, we not only make advances on the programming languages front, but also on the cryptography side. So uh, we make progress on all three challenges which Rahul mentioned before, which are efficiency, scalability, and programmability. So we not only make existing crypto out there more programmable and developer friendly, but we have developed super duper efficient cryptographic protocols, which are tailored to ML, like secure machine learning inference tasks and work for large machine learning benchmarks. So before our work, the prior work had uh, three shortcomings, I would say. They were slow, they only did small machine learning benchmarks and the accuracy of the secure implementations was lower than the original models. And we solved all three challenges. So our new protocols are at least 10 times faster than what existed out there. 
we run large ImageNet scale benchmarks using our protocols. So ImageNet uh, data set is a standard machine learning classification task where an image needs to be classified into one of thousand classes, which is even hard for a human to do. And for this task, we take the state of the art machine learning models and run them securely. And these models are again at least uh, 10 times larger than what the prior works did securely. And finally, all our secure implementations, in fact, match the accuracy of original models, which is very important to ML folks. And all of this could not have been possible without our framework, which is called Cryptflow, which again would not have been possible without a deep collaboration between cryptographers and, and programming languages folks. So this, uh, I think, summarizes well what we have achieved in the last few years with this collaboration. That's fantastic. Rahul, you wanted to add to that? I want to add a little bit about the collaboration aspect which Divya mentioned. So this project was started by Nishant Chandran, Divya, Asim Rastogi and me at MSR India. And all of us come from very different backgrounds. Divya and Nishant are cryptographers. I work in intersection of machine learning and programming languages. Asim works in intersection of programming languages and security. And since all of us came together, we could solve applications or scenarios with MPC much better because given a scenario, we could find out that should we fix the compiler or should we fix the cryptography? And our meetings are generally sword fights. Like we would <laughs> fight for hours on very, very simple design decisions. And the final design we came up with is something which all of us are very happy with. And uh, this wouldn't have been possible if we did not have our hardworking research fellows and we had a fantastic set of interns which worked on this project. Fantastic. And I think that's a great testament to the power of interdisciplinary work. And I totally can uh, buy what you said in terms of sword fights during research meetings. Because while I've not sat through research meetings myself, I've certainly attended research reviews. So I can completely identify with what you're saying from what I've seen myself. All right, so there's one thing that I wanted to uh, kind of clarify for myself and, I'm th I, and I think for the benefit of a lot of people who would be listening. You know, when you say things like, you know, the complexity decreases and we can run things faster and the overheads are less and so on. These concepts sound fairly abstract to people who are not familiar with the area of research. Could you put a more tangible uh, face to it in terms of, you know, when you're saying that uh, we reduce overheads, is there a certain percentage or can you give it in terms of time and so on? Right. So when you talk about efficiency of our protocols, we measure uh, things like end-to-end -end run times of them, like uh, how much time does it take for the whole function to run securely. And this depends on uh, things like uh, the amount of data being transferred in the messages which are being exchanged between different parties. So just to take an example from our latest paper to appear at CCS this year, we built new protocols for the simple millionaires problem which I described in the very beginning. And there uh, we have uh, almost uh, five x five times improvement in just the communication numbers. And this translates to run times as well. And now when you look at this millionaires, this uh, is a building block to our other protocols. So in machine learning task, uh, let's say there is a neural network. 
And neural network consists of these linear layers which look like matrix multiplications or convolutions. And also some non-linear operators which are let's say uh, rectify linear uh, units or ReLU or max pool etc. And in all of these non-linear layers you have to do some kind of comparison on secret values which essentially boils down to doing some kind of millionaire's problem. So whatever improvements we got in, in the simplest setting of millionaire's translate to these uh, more complicated functions as well and in fact uh, our improvements for more complicated functions are much better than just the millionaires and there we have almost 10 times improvement in the communication numbers and when you're actually running these protocols over a network communication is what matters the most because uh, like computer is local you can paralyze it you can run heavy machines and so on but communication is something which you cannot essentially make go faster so all our protocols uh, have been handmade and tailored to the exact setting of functions which occur in the neural networks and we right. improve the communication numbers and hence the other parameters of the runtimes as well. Okay, thanks for that. It certainly makes things a little clearer to me because to me a lot of this stuff just sounds very abstract unless I hear some actual numbers or some real instances where these things uh, impact computation and actual time taken to conduct certain computations. Right. So just to give you another example, our task of ImageNet classification, right, which I talked about, uh, we took state-of-the-art models there and our inference runtime end-to-end -end was under a minute. So this uh, shows that it doesn't run in seconds, but it definitely runs under a minute. So it is still mm -hmm. uh, uh, real, I would say. Right. Uh, so Divya, thanks. I mean, that uh, certainly puts a much more tangible spin on it, which I can identify with. Uh, are there any real-life scenarios in which you see MPC uh, bringing benefits to people or to industry, etc., uh, right now in the real, uh, you know, in, in the near term? So, Sridhar, I believe that MPC has a potential to change the way we think about healthcare. So, uh, if we think of, for example, a hospital which has trained a model to that given a patient image it can tell whether the patient has covid or pneumonia or whether the patient is all right now the hospital can post this model as a web service and what i can do i can go to my favorite uh, pathological lab get a chest x-ray done and then i can do a multi-party computation with the hospital and my sensitive data, which are my chest X-ray images, will not be revealed at all to the hospital, and I will get a prediction which can tell me how to go about doing the next steps. Now, uh, this task, we have run it actually with MPC protocols, and this runs in a matter of minute or two. So a latency which is quite acceptable in real life. Other applications which we have looked at is, one is detecting diabetic retinopathy, from retina scans. We have also run machine learning algorithms which can give you state-of-the-art accuracies in terms of detecting about 14 chest diseases from X-ray images. And the most recent work which we have done is in tumor segmentation. So there what happens is that the doctor is given a 3D image and the doctor has to mark the boundary of the tumor in this 3D image. So it is like a volume which the doctor is marking. Now this is a very 
intensive process and takes a lot of time and one can think of training a machine learning model which can help the doctor do this task like the machine learning model will mark some boundary and then the doctor can just fine tune the boundary or make minor modifications to it and approve the boundary now we already have machine learning algorithms which can do this but then again patients will be wary of giving their 3d scans to the model owners so what mpc again can do is that they will be able to do this task securely without revealing the 3d scan to the organization which owns the machine learning model and this we can do in a couple of hours and to put things in perspective doctors usually get to a scan in a matter of couple of days so again this latency is acceptable so another domain of interest for mpc is potentially finance and we all know that banks are highly secretive entities for the right reasons and they cannot and do not share the data even with other banks and this makes many tasks quite challenging such as detecting fraudulent transactions and detecting money laundering as the only data available is the bank's own data and nothing else what mpc can enable is that the banks can pool in their data and do uh, fraud detection and and detection of money laundering together on all the bank's data and at the same time no bank's data would be revealed in the clear to any other bank so all this can happen securely and still you can reap benefits from pooling in data of all the banks and in fact many of these tasks like money laundering actually uh, works by siphoning money through multiple banks so you indeed need the data of all the banks what i'm trying to get at is that the power of mpc is very general and as long as you and i have some secret data which we do not want to reveal to each other but at the same time we want to pool in this data together and compute some function jointly so that it benefits us both mpc can be used so this sounds fantastic and it also sounds like there's a huge number of areas in which you can actually deploy and implement mpc and i guess it's being made much easier now that you guys have come up with something that makes it usable which it wasn't really earlier so um are the research findings and the research work that you guys have done is it available to people outside of microsoft can the tech community as such be able to leverage and use this work yes actually fortunately all of our protocols and work has been published at top security conferences and is available online and all the code is also available on github so if you have a secure inference scenario you can actually go out there and try this code and code up your application excellent so i think what we'll also do is provide the links to uh, uh, resources that folks can access uh, in the transcript of this podcast itself now where do you guys plan to go with this in the future and you know what are your future research directions future plans for this particular area so going back to machine learning as i said there are two phases there is the training phase and there is the inference phase and we have been talking mainly about the inference phase till now because that is what we have focused on in our work but the training phase is also very important suppose there are multiple data holders for example take multiple hospitals and they want to pool in their data together to train a joint model but there can be legal regulations which prohibit them from sharing data indiscriminately between each other so then they can use mpc to train a model together then i have heard like bizarre stories 
like nurses will sit down with permanent markers and will, they will be just redacting documents and uh, there will be legal agreements which will take years to get through and mpc just provides a technological solution to do this multi party training so we live in a world where security is a term which gets thrown around a lot without any solid backing and to make mpc real we feel that we have to educate people and businesses about the power of mpc and what security guarantees it can provide so as an example let's take encryption i think most people businesses and even law understands what encryption is what guarantees it provides and as a result most real world applications use end to end encryption but if i ask a person uh, and say the following that there are two parties who have their secret input and they want to compute some function by pulling in their inputs how do i do this and the most likely answer i i would get would be that the only solution possible out there is to share the data under some legal ndas most people just simply don't know that something like mpc exists so i'm not saying that mpc would be as omnipresent as encryption but with this education we can put mpc on the table and people and businesses can think of mpc as a potential solution to the security problems and in fact as we talk to more and more people and educate them about mpc new scenarios are discovered which mpc can enable and moreover with regulations like gdpr which are aimed at preserving privacy and also bigger and bigger ml models which need more and more data for more accuracy we feel that mpc is a technology which can resolve this tension excellent uh, this has been a really eye opening conversation from me and uh, I hope the people who listen to this podcast will learn as much as I have during this. Thank you so much Divya and Rahul. I know once again so once again I'm just going to say that it's really late and I totally appreciate your time. Thanks Sridhar. Thanks a lot for having us here. Thanks Sridhar. This was fun.